episode number four for January 27, 2006. From the Omaville Podcast Center in Winnipeg, this is Radio Omaville. Anyways, welcome to Omaville, uh, not Omaville anymore, it's Radio Omaville, we're rebranded. Uh, yes, to the much more less punny name, Radio Omaville. So welcome to Radio Omaville. I'm Michael Yo. Joining me around our podcast table is my brother Brian Yo. Yo. My good friend Serena Heska. Lose. And Bentley Oaks. I'm always here. Yes. All right, everybody. Uh, this isn't as big of a crowd as I wanted to have for our election special, but I guess what we got is what we got. So, uh, and it's also, you know, like five days after the election. You have to keep hitting your pen on the... Oh, is that bothering everybody? Sorry. Uh, but anyways, yes. So, I am very happy about the election results. We have a conservative government now. Conservatives won with 124 seats. They won a minority government, but they won nonetheless. Liberals did a better showing than most expected with 103, Block 51, NDP 29, and one independent guy from Quebec who I believe is a radio broadcaster. Who cost me 490. Yes, we had a little we had a little pool on uh, who was going to win the election and how many seats of each party. And Bentley was ben, going with zero, and there was one of independent. You were on one, but you changed it to zero. It's your own fault. Because I would have gotten more money if there were zero. Yes, but since you didn't <laughs> win, you got no money. Yeah, well, I'm, I, I don't like it. I said 147 for the conservatives, and I didn't get it. I should have. That's what should have happened. Stupid country! <laughs> Let's blame the country. Let's blame the electric. Elect, electric? Elect, electric. Electoric. Electoric? Electoric? Spelled neutral. <laughs> it's not noosh. It's neutral. Oh, sorry. God for noosh. Oh, I should, I should just look around our studio. We have all the signs. But anyways, starting off with our topics. It's Prime Minister Harper. I like it. He eats babies. For the record, <laughs> we're not making this up. <laughs> he doesn't eat babies. He has asthma. Asthma. I don't think that's the confusion. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, interesting news story I saw in the news this morning. Um, free press. Uh, yeah, it was in the free press. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Prime Minister Har- Harper, uh, Prime Minister designate Harper, um, was taken to hospital last night because he was uh, alleged they. They're not saying asthma attack. They said something like respiratory episode or something like that, which sounds like asthma to me because he said in a news conference um, that he had asthma. So put two and two together. But Why did that come up in a news conference? Because someone asked him about marijuana, if he'd ever smoked marijuana, and he said, since I have asthma, I've never smoked or inhaled anything. Oh. Yeah. Except for smoked babies. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't eat babies! Right <laughs> up babies in tobacco deep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and by the way, our sound technician, Stephen Swan, is joining us, but his voice is gone, so he's just going to yell comments as they come. Every once in a while, I'll ra- yell some random shit in here. Very good. I guess you're like our producer. You're like Lizard Wallace and Charles Adler. I have no idea who that is. <laughs> 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 but yes, okay. <laughs> 
Put, oh no! No, put the pretzels down at least, so you don't hear the crunching oh, of the oh, bag. Crunching, oh. delicious, delicious <laughs> crunching. We we made this mistake the first episode. I believe we had <laughs> chips. <laughs> it didn't turn out well. Crunch the pretzels. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Okay, so anybody around the horn here? Does anybody have uh... around the horn? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that a saying? No, uh, not that I've heard. <laughs> I thought I've heard that before. Anyways, what does everybody think around the table of Prime Minister Harper or Prime Minister Elect Harper Bentley? I think we all know what I think <laughs> in regards to the eating of babies. <laughs> Sri, you gotta be mad about this. You're a lifelong liberal. You know what? I want to keep this a G-rated show. Or, <laughs> we're already getting the explicit... Fuckery, fuck, fuck, fuck. There, we got the explicit tag. Well... Floppy donkey dick. There. They got the guy. They can't stand up. He can't public speak. He looks like a vampire. Apparently he eats babies, and I tend to agree with that. And, yes. It's the truth. You can't deny the truth. Okay, first of all... Public speaking, I don't know, is an advantage to a leadership. The it leader. is. If you're a leader, you have to be able to speak. No, I think it's more important that you're an administrator. That you're, you're, you have strong administrative they have, abilities. No, no. That's why everyone has deputies and little people to run yeah. around for them. You, yeah, have to be, you have to have vision from somewhere. If you're the somewhere. leader of the country, then you have to represent that country. Do we want a person who can read off scripts? Otherwise, won't we just buy, like, elect an actor? Yeah, but... And he's not even a very good one. No, I know, and I don't think I don't think acting or showmanship should it should be a factor, but I don't think it should be the deciding factor. I you think it should be your vision and your management style of the country. Because let's face it, government is a business. It's a business of a nation, and you know, <laughs> yes, there's there's a lot of CEOs out there that are good at public speaking, but there's a pile that aren't very good at public speaking. And you know what? They probably run some pretty successful companies. Just because they can't public speak. <laughs> no, but I'm saying they're better because there's they're better, gooder managers have good vision. Gooder. Gooder. <laughs> Grammar not gooder. See, there's a thing about a difference between a government and a business. No, there's not. Yes, there is. No, here's, there's not. The there's, there's a demand and no, a service no, no. is provided for it. No, 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 no. Here's the thing. President guy, he has lots of money. His daddy was in power. Blah, blah, blah. He gets voted up that way. He doesn't need to public speak. He's not standing in front of people. Okay, so they we're talking about long. W no, no, no. now, obviously. No, 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 I'm talking about anybody else. Okay. Um, a lot of times in in commercial institutes, families pro in inside. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, family business. But what I'm saying is, they have reps that go out and speak for the country. Our mm -hmm. prime minister goes to under, uh, other countries as a representative. He is our RP. Well, we also have a foreign affairs minister that does a lot of that, too. The only real situations I would say that, that our prime minister is a representative of our country is when him he as a head abroad. of state meets other heads of state. And really, when that happens, that's, I'd say, an exceptionally large affair. On, on the normal day-to-day -day representation of Canada, I'd say that's the foreign affairs minister. What other people see of the world, though, is when he goes and visits other countries, and he's going to give us a black eye. Well, no, what about, like, I'm thinking, think of Jean Chrétien. There was probably a guy that had, well, not necessarily he was a bad public speaker, he was just a bad speaker. And, you know, you look at, the reason he had such strength on the international stage is because he had Lloyd Axworthy under him as the foreign no, affairs minister. No, I disagree. As much as I hate the guy, although I'm a liberal, he did have a fair amount of charisma when he was speaking normally. Blunt charisma, I guess. No, no, he, had a, he, had, he did have a speech impediment. 
I will. Give I'm not even saying that. I'm just saying he just he he did, talked he, out his ass. It wasn't what he how he said no, it. No, what he, he said. Had, he had a fair bit of charisma. If you've ever watched him on TV, even talking. Well, to he, boys, yeah, he came talking. from the house of Trudeau, no question. But well, there he is. Yeah, and he Pierre, has charisma. Yeah, but I think he, okay, Stephen Harper looks like a rock. A rock with a little speaker in front of him. Well, but I'm saying that shouldn't be the deciding factor to be our prime minister. I'm looking like, I think this country has gotten so used to, or got so comfortable with Pierre Trudeau as a guy that is a shitty-ass administrator but can talk like you couldn't believe, that, you know, we look at, we elected Brian Mulroney on that fact. Brian Mulroney was a decent administrator, but he was a really good public speaker. And, you know, we just kept doing this. And I think we got to get back to, like, the John Diefenbakers and the Lester Pearsons, people that weren't so good at speaking, but were very, very good at running oh, the government. Hold on, hold on. Can I pass you some pretzels? Oh. Oh, yeah, continue. All right. <laughs> oh. Thank you. Maybe we should have little dishes of them. I, don't know. I, think so. uh, I just I wanted some pretzels. I don't want the whole bag. Oh. Anyways, continue, please. Yes, okay. Uh, but yeah, that's my rant about Prime Minister Harper. And I'm saying, first impressions matter. And what other people see of Canada is our prime minister. But he's Pat on the news more than any but foreign affairs minister. He's on the news more than any other minister in the cabinet. Yes. He is the prime minister. Yes. He should be able to speak. He should be I mean, able he, to talk. It's not to like he can talk and speak. No, it's just he, he doesn't, doesn't sound very charismatic when he does it. He just sounds, yeah, you're right. He does sound like an accountant delivering his, you know, a financial but address. But we didn't hire an accountant. We hired a prime minister. We elected a prime minister. And apparently, the people of the country but you're perceiving you're perceiving the job of the prime minister as being more or less a spokesman. He is. He's a figurehead. No, he's not. That's yes, what the governor is. general is. No, he's a they figurehead, too. No, the prime minister has deep <laughs> responsible or responsibility and vision and in management of this country, first of all. Secondly, he's a spokesman for it. Because you got to remember this okay, country... Okay, you just said it. He is a spokesman. Yes. He has to be able to speak. He can speak. He just can't speak charismatically. He can't speak. He can speak English, but he can't speak. And French. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and Jack Layton can speak Cantonese, but we're not voting him Prime Minister. And we yeah, never will. Very good. Well, Brian, what do you think of Prime Minister Harper? Um... He's good for the time being. Are you correcting my table, Bentley? Sorry. No, I'm gonna put it back in. Oh, okay, sorry. He's, he's peeling off something on the table. I'm sorry. Keep going. He's good. He's good for the country. Or I don't know. He's good for the country, but he can't hurt the country right now. Um, I don't know. He'll probably improve U U.S. relations. Yeah. Although he's already sparring with David Wilkins, should. the U.S. ambassador to Canada. Yeah, but in the long term. Yeah. Um, but I don't think he should be in too long because yeah, it doesn't seem like. A long term. I, I think you're going to see Stephen Harper kind of... I, I relate him to what Gary Philman was for Manitoba. Not very loud, not very fist-pounding, but a damn good manager. And look what happened. You know, Gary Philman was elected in 87 in, in Manitoba. Had a narrow minority, one of the smallest in Manitoba history. And then they, he came on because people said, you know what? He is such a good leader as far as the management and vision of this country is concerned. We gave him three more consecutive majority governments. You know, and yes, in 99 it was, you know, clearing house, we had to have a change, but, you know, for those three terms, Manitoba's economic future was great. You know, it's because of that was still... Yes! Provincially! Again, but, he was not the leader of the country. No, but you you gotta, like, but you gotta remember, every country in the world, Canada always has, already has a reputation. It's not like it's his first date between, like, Holland and Canada, you know where we're having to, like, make it's first impressions. It's our first date with our new Prime Minister, who is the first time a conservative. Other people are going to be looking at Canada 
wide-eyed and saying, what the fuck were you guys doing? Well, how about in 84 when Brian Mulroney won the second largest majority in Canadian history? And he was a conservative. And the rest of the world weeped. No, <laughs> not, not Europe and the United States. Europe weeped. We all no, know Europe didn't. And the United Maggie Thatcher the rest of the world. <laughs> what? There's no other world besides Europe and the United States from Canada. <laughs> None that should be Canada's first concern. <laughs> yes, China. How many now, yes, I'll China? admit China now is what we, you know, it should be a concern of Canada and the whole world because they're going to start stealing all our jobs. South Korea. South Korea? Yeah. Huge, huge imports from South Korea. More than you think. Other than Kia's? No, there's huge uh, imports from South Korea. All, Taiwan and South Korea are the main manufacturers of computer parts. Which Taiwan, now, maybe, but South Korea. South Korea, really? too. I just thought they made all the RCA remotes. Nope. Huh. And great cars. Kia's. You're calling Kia a good... What the hell, Bentley? <laughs> I want some pretzels. <laughs> I'll take a couple now. Okay. Go. <laughs> good thing we got this producer that's got pretzels everywhere. Yeah, he, it's driving him crazy too. In the oh, he's going to go get a dish. No. Very good, Steve. Um, you've got a big pile in front of you. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I want more later. <laughs> wow. <laughs> now I'm thirsty. I should have got a slurpee before. But what did I say? Anyways. Anyways. Continuing. Uh, hey. Was there anybody kind of amazed that no Greens got elected? Yes. I wouldn't say amazed, but mildly surprised. Because they were at one point talking, they were thinking of three seats, and they still yeah. didn't. They they actually lost votes, if I remember right. Their actual popular vote went yeah. down. Yeah. What does that does that tell you, does that tell you? People have less apathy maybe in politics, and they're now going into you know they're not looking at it as no, an apathy if party. If people have apathy, they just want to vote. It's I don't know. I guess they felt that their vote really mattered this time, so. They so they voted for a mainstream party. Yeah. yeah, that's very possible. Hey, we got a dish for our pretzels now. Yeah. Oh, that sounds a lot better. Oh, <laughs> 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 well, you're this thing sliding around the table. Um, but yeah, I, I was kind of amazed by that when they were talking like we're gonna get upwards of three seats. I'm going, holy shit! You know, they're gonna like start becoming like the mini NDP. Well, not the mini NDP really, the mini yeah, conscience. Um, but. Nothing materialized out of it, so I don't know. I guess that means the Greens have a long way yet to go before they get elected. Um, but the main seat they have uh, in BC. The main seat? You mean well, the seat they're they aiming for? They have a seat that they won last year. And they didn't they win any seats. Last year? Oh, not last year. The last, the last election. election? No, they had, didn't win any seats. Oh, really? Green Party has never elected been won in a seat. Never, never won the Well, what seat. I was hearing from the university was uh, that the camera what university it is in BC. But they usually have a really, really strong push from this university. And that at university this year told all the people to vote liberal or conservative. Really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Very, very biased. Actually, a lot of universities have done that this year. So universities are turning into unions. We already have a union. UMSU. University of Manitoba Students Union Association. Yeah, that's right. You have it's, a student yeah. union. That's right. Uh, yeah, which is kind of crazy. That's like good old Buzz Hardgrove. Vote liberal because I'm a lifelong NDB supporter, but I don't like the conservatives because they'll make me powerless. You know, you you gotta give his Buzz some credit for self-interest. Um, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, the universities they are they're almost becoming an ivory tower union. What are you laughing at, Brian? This is warming up instead of warming up. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Anyways. Uh, anyways, yeah, but yeah, so, um, anyways, 
And the NDP, I kind of find this funny. They, they did make significant gains. Like, they went from 19 seats to 29 seats. Yeah. But still, they're a moot party. Like, they, them by themselves, they cannot create a majority with any of the other parties. They need another party or an independent unless, to join them. Unless, yeah, unless they're with the Conservatives and that one independent. Yeah, but the, again, they, they have to get another party on board. It's not like they have yeah, two party leaders. Of one seat. <laughs> yeah, but it's still, it's another head as the, in the leadership. You know, like, they're... they're they're ineffective by themselves, is what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, well, um, every party is ineffective by themselves, isn't it? That's the problem. Well, no, the liberals and the bloc are ineffective by themselves because if they team up with, yeah, with them, on themselves. Then. No, I know, but I mean, as a as a, a power broker in the House of Commons, like yeah, you know, like the bloc can team up with the they can't. Eat, I'm just saying, no, they can't team up with the liberals, can they? To do anything? Yes, they can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the bloc and the liberals can gang up on the conservatives, or the bloc and the conservatives can gang up on the liberals. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that would work. The math works. Um, but yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I'm, you know, I'm not a big supporter of the NDP, but uh, you know, third parties are always good to have. They're another, they're another voice. But yeah, it's, I find it kind of funny. They, they made all these gains and they, they're patting themselves on the back, and you go, wait a minute, guys, you really haven't done anything. You know, you're back to last well, time where you need independence. Yeah, I know, but really, as far as their power brokering abilities have gone, you know, because think, think if you're a conservative, who are you going to get for your support first? The NDP, which is on the absolutely other end of the soccer field of your of I ideology, or, you know, the liberals who share your close Not leaders. a chance. What? I just like to say, are the blocks conservative? The blocks, they would, the I would say their social policies are in stream with the liberals, in step with the liberals. They're they're socially progressive, but I don't say I wouldn't say their fiscal responsibility is is as tight mm, as the liberals. They're actually not as socially progressive as the liberals. So they're, they're a little bit more conservative. Yeah. they're a little more to the right. That's why I'm thinking if they're going to get any of, uh, if they're going to make ties with anyone, they're going to make ties with Quebec. With the bloc. Yeah, because liberals aren't going to help them. Yeah, so that's going to help and hurt the conservatives because it's going to look like they're going to get in bed with the sovereignists. But at the same time, people in Quebec will go, oh, look, the conservative party acknowledges our existence and it'll piss off us in the West. And you'll go, look, look they're power broken in the East. I don't know. I just asked that question because that was on my world issues exam. And I'm like, was it? yeah. Was it uh, where's the bloc? <laughs> In <laughs> Quebec, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. But it was like, you know, left, center, right, and like communist or something. And I'm like, there's a C in bloc and a C in conservatives. So conservative. Yeah, yeah I'd say there's center, center, right, I guess. It's, kind of, it's, it's not a very good question because it's kind of ambiguous. It's yeah. Because their social policies aren't really announced because it's really the only they social are, policy is to break away from Canada. Yeah, I know. They still are very conservative in a lot of their social mm. issues. Yeah, I guess. It's it's funny how, yeah, I guess the Catholic Church is still a pretty big power in Quebec. Oh, yeah. Even though Rennie Levesque cleaned up that government pretty good in the 80s. Uh, or 70s, actually. Um, but, yeah, so parties, we're going to have we're gonna have one hell of a parliament here, because it's going to be hilarious. That brings me right into the next topic I want to talk about with the Liberals, how Paul Martin stepped down. But it's going to be hilarious, because in this parliament, the Liberals aren't going to want to be jumping the gun to get an election, because they have to go through a leadership debate, mm -hmm. so they're not going to want to jump the gun in the election. The NDP can't do it by themselves, and they're going to want to make themselves look like a power broker again, so they can go run on a record. And the Bloc, I guess, they don't really care. But so the NDP are going to be... 
I think siding with the conservative is a lot because they want a lot of change to go through. Yes, they want to be a power broker, absolutely. Yeah. But the thing is, is that <laughs> the problem is the NDP are going to say spend, 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 and the conservatives are saying cut, cut, cut. So you're going to have a lot of problems. You know, that's why I think uh, what's going to happen a lot is that these things, they're going to power broker kind of in behind and go, well, who's going to vote who? And then they might just bring this to a free vote and hope there's enough liberals that aren't whipped and like leadership, like the leadership doesn't exist, so they're not whipping the party. So they might just free vote for conservative motions and get them passed as partial numbers. Liberals are quite peed off at the moment. They had a nice power thing going on for a while there. They're going to be quite annoyed. For well, if they, if they had second time, if they win second term, yeah, win the second election, then you'll see a lot more liberals mm -hmm. siding with the people. Well, and the problem is the liberals are going to be so concerned with the, their in, internal policies and getting a leader. Um, which is interesting, actually, the leadership. Yeah, like, they're not going to be, they're not, I don't think they're going to be very agenda-based. They're just going to be kind of like House of Commons is something they do on the side while they try to figure out who's going to lead them. I think they're all going to be sticking to their guns. Yeah, well, I guess we'll see. Um, but that brings us to me to the Liberal leadership, and um, two days ago, I guess it was, Frank McKenna stepped down as U or Canadian ambassador to the U.S. And, uh, excuse me, um... Anyways, he stepped down, and what has happened, what that, many people are speculating, I'd say the speculation is probably true, is he's stepping down to take leadership of the Liberal Party. Because mm. he is a lifelong Liberal, and he's attacked the Conservatives pretty hard already. You know, yes, I understand it's normal policy for when the government changes, you recall, especially your ambassador to the U.S., you know, would end up happening because your policies are a little different. And that would probably happen anyways. But I find it funny that here Paul Martin announced on the night election that he was stepping down. And here's Frank McKenna two days later saying, I'm going to step down from the ambassadorship. And he's widely speculated as the next leader. He, he's a candidate, but he's not definitely the next leader. There's a lot of other people who want to get their name in the yeah. for it. The, the thing, i got to admit, I'm not a liberal, but I'm just looking at it, trying to look at it unbiasedly. Um, the advantage Frank McKenna has is he doesn't bring a lot of that of that uh, Martin um, Cretchen crap with him. So mm -hmm. there's not going to be this internal war in the in the party. It's going to be um, Frank McKenna, you know. And like they're saying, this is really the first time in in the Liberal Party's history that they don't have like an heir to the leadership since, or not since in their history since about 1967. Well, last time there was a big fight. Yes, last time there was there was a fight and. Um, this, they're hoping for yeah. a smoother transaction this time. There's a few people that have mentioned that they might be interested in the position. I yeah. can't remember their names. Off well, right. okay, there was. I'm them. trying to think. There was John Manley. The problem is John Manley's a Cretchen boy. Um, the old Burton. The old Burton. Anne McClellan. She didn't win a seat. No, no, no. There's an Alberta. Okay, I, I don't know about that. The, the the two that I find really interesting is Scott Bryson and Belinda Stronick. Oh God. Those oh, ones, God. I I laughed when I heard those, but then I stopped and thought about it and went, hmm, you know. Because Scott Bryson, here he was a he was a progressive conservative, and he went jumped ship to the Liberals. And here's uh, Belinda Stronach, who was a conservative last year, and jumped ship to the Liberals. She might be running the Liberal Party, like no, I'm sorry, the Liberals would not shoot themselves in the yeah. foot. That is incredibly shooting yourself in the. You foot. know, I'm thinking the Stronachs and the Liberal Party go together like ice cream and cake. You, I resent that comment. The Stronachs, Frank Stronach. How many millions has he donated to the Liberal Party over the past? Yes, 20 but years? I'm saying personally. I resent our name being attached with them. Okay, well, that's, they are. That's pretty ironic, though, Melinda Strack, having two leadership races in two years with two different, different parties. parties. I know. That's hilarious, actually. Backstabbing Belinda. Um, 
but yeah, you know, I found that interesting. Scott Bryson would be the other interesting one because if he won, because presumably is this whoever this leader is going to be, they're going to be in it for the long haul. So when the conservatives eventually get scandalized and get kicked out of office, um, which I'm not admitting it won't happen, I, I guarantee you, any government that's in for long enough, forget, is going to get scandalized and kicked out. You know, this person's going to be the next prime minister. So God, if Scott Bryson's it, that'll be kind of unique. We'll have the first openly gay foreign or leader of of a first world country that I know of. You know, I don't, I don't know of any other openly gay first world leaders. There was a leaders. Bai. <laughs> but I don't think... Well, if you're Bai, then you are gay. Who is Bai? That, uh... Dutch, I think? No. Well, that wouldn't surprise me. Is it Dutch? I think it was the Dutch. Yeah, the crazy Dutch. They're actually making... They want to make, uh... Well, they do have polygamy legal there. Mm-hmm. You, you could have, like, three wives and, like, multi-three-way marriages and stuff. It's like that country has lost all social moral value. Yet they're not getting hit with hurricanes. So God is it pissed there. <laughs> yeah. Uh... <laughs> um, yeah, that was off topic. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, but anyways, back to the election. There was two very interesting wins that I saw. I'll go with the one that isn't as interesting, which was Olivia Chow won in her Toronto riding, finally, third time's a charm. Uh, her Trinity Spadime, and Olivia Chow, of course, the wife of Jack Layton. So that, that'll be the only second time in history, uh, and first time for a leader, that there's a husband and wife combination in uh, in Parliament, which should be interesting, to say the least. Probably not, but... <laughs> well, I don't know. It'd be, so, it'd be funny if, you, if in the middle of Parliament she, like, stood up and said, Jack, you left your socks at the front door again. <laughs> she'll be standing in the front, she'll be sitting in the back. Yeah. No, I'm sure she'll be on the front bench of the NDP caucus. Well, I meant, like, back, this is in the front of the back. <laughs> what? <laughs> in the back of the front? You mean, to the, you mean, like, to the side? Leave the man alone, he's trying to be dirty. <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll well, someone should become tested for dyslexia. <laughs> I've been tested for dyslexia and I found it confusing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, it's so funny. I think of the conservatives on the right and I lift up my left hand. That's how dyslexic I am. <laughs> um. But anyways, the other really, really, really interesting riding that was like a clincher probably for the better part of three hours while we were watching the election coverage was Rod Berdouche, the conservative candidate sorry, the conservative candidate for Winnipeg South, kicked veteran liberal MP Reg Alcock's ass. Um, he didn't kick his ass. No, by one hundred and twenty so votes. One hundred and twenty votes. Still kicked out of office. That's not kicking his That's ass. That's like a girl guy swimming by. <laughs> Photo finish. Photo ass finish? Yeah. But he shot himself in the foot. Yeah, Reg he didn't did campaign. campaign. Yeah, I know. He yeah. door knocked, what did he say, two days? Yep. Yeah. And but, he didn't phone, he didn't have a massive phone program. He, he just assumed. And yeah, so I know, and that's exactly, and Rod Bernouche, I gotta say, was tenacious, and he knew, you know, God, how many times did I see that gigantic sign towing behind that SUV everywhere in the city, you know, they had the, like, 40-foot high sign towing around everywhere? Well, and Reginald Pack was doing things like, uh, donating his volunteers to the liberal candidates. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so he was worried, yeah, because he thought he had it so locked up. He was being cocky. He was being cocky. 
Um, but yeah, so I guess, and I guess live and learn for him, but it's not like Reg Alcock's hard done by. I was reading how he's now eligible for his MP pensions of $86,000 a year, I believe it is. Because he was in a lot of The guy's getting wealthy as it is. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it's like, mm, that's nice for him. Have that guaranteed paycheck till he dies. Um, but, yeah, it, that was amazing, actually. You know, like, we were sitting there all night. We were, like, cheering for one or the other. That was kind of funny. It was like, no! And then Bethany was about the only one. Oh, Bethany might have turned Cock, cock on Serena. I had Brad. to say a lot quieter. Yeah. Yeah. But that that was that was kind of fun and amazing. Um, yeah, Rod Bernouche, interestingly enough, is I believe the only um, conservative member elected uh, of Métis heritage. I think he's the mm -hmm. only one. He's the first. He's the first. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. I don't know if that'll help him in cabinet or not. Um, if he gets a cabinet position. I'd like to point out that Rod Bernouche was the jerk who phoned me repeatedly asking me which party I'd vote for. Mm -hmm. And I found that very annoying. Oh, speaking of which. So the liberal candidate in my running kept doing that. But it's Bernouche. Then he won. People who do that should be allowed to win. Raymond Smart won. Yeah, the liberal won in this riding. But he has a sign. Oh, I can say both have signs. <laughs> yes, they have Rod, both have signs. Bentley. Rod Bernouche was actually spotted at the university voting day. And I find that one to be... Are they, Is that illegal? I, You're I not know. allowed to do the... Well, I saw TV ads. Well, I don't know. No, they changed that. I just don't know if it's election day. Because I saw TV ads of elections on... But he was at on... the university. He was in university center. And I know a lot but of... But it's people... not illegal for the candidates to walk around. Like, was he just shaking hands and talking to people? Yes. But you know what? Being publicly out like that at the university... Having so your they big should thing shut on. themselves inside their Yeah, like that's that's not days. right. He you know, had no business on campus. I don't know. I, don't I think know. he was. You know that. He was walking around University Center. Only bored people do that. <laughs> Maybe he's bored if he can't do anything. If he can't actively campaign. He's not a member of the university. He shouldn't have been there. And I know for well, a fact he's, he's that alumni. Up, he's alumni of the U of M. Yeah, that's true. But still, then he goes to his little, little alumni building. But I know for a fact that I'm soon. Took him by the hand and walked him off of campus. Fine. They didn't want to obviously conservative candidate. That's fine for them. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. If the, I, I think I actually saw campaign commercials on election day. So, I don't know. I think that election law might have been changed. Because I know it was changed a couple couple elections ago. So, they could they can campaign right up till the day before. Yeah. But, but I don't know well, if it's day, changed. I didn't see a single commercial. And I wasn't yeah. watching TV. So, then maybe they can't actively campaign. Because, obviously, they can leave their signs out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and there, I believe their campaign offices are open, but yeah. I don't, yeah, maybe they can't actively campaign, but you know, again, who's to say that he's campaigning? He's just walking around, hi, I'm Rob Bernouche, I'm a numb lie. Oh, by the way, I'm also the conservative candidate for Winnipeg South. Yeah, but that's, if you think, if you mention that, then he's shooting his mouth off. Well, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting if any, if anybody actually reported that to Elections Canada, but, uh, Yeah. Um, where else do we have to go here? Uh, oh yeah, the voter turnout. That brings me actually directly to the voter turnout in Elections Canada. Um, it was up first time in like 20 years. It's gone up from uh, the 2004 election. It was in 2004, it was 61% of all eligible voters voted. This year it was 64. Still way too low, way too low, but better. Up is always better. People were feared into voting. Yeah. Feared into voting. Well, 
you know, yeah, and <laughs> actually, I don't have a problem with that. I, the problem I have is the way that they were feared. Like, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Australian election law. Um, mm -hmm. They have compulsory voting, and if you don't, you get a fifty dollar fine. Should and like they that. they maintain a ninety five percent voter turnout. But you know what? There's one thing that I think they should do, and a lot of people have agreed with me. Let people pre-register whatever report besides. If they, if they go to the University of Manitoba, they're at the university all day long. They're at the university from 8.30 in the morning till 5.30 if you're a mark or yeah. a full-time student. Yeah, well, that's why we have advanced polls. A lot of university students also have part-time jobs. So they get off school at 5.30, they start the other job at 6 o'clock, they're yeah. off at 11 o'clock. They don't have a time to vote That's at what all. I'm saying, we have advanced polls. They're working. So when what, should they vote? What, what I'm saying is, what I would like to see happen and I know a lot of other countries have done this already, is you sign, you call your electric thing, or Elect electoral person. Yeah, your electoral office. And yeah. you say, I want to vote at the University of Manitoba. So you come in, there's polling stations set up, you mm -hmm. present your card, you're already registered at that specific poll, and I think they would have a huge, huge voter turnout. Because they're always complaining about the youth don't vote today. Yeah. Make it easier for them. We have obligations yeah. the, outside. The problem that that interferes with, though, is, is the organizational structure of the election act which is that you have to vote in your riding um, say for you like the U of M actually is, finds itself in Winnipeg South you live in St. Boniface um, how do you vote electronic voting I'm saying they need to it would, it's, it would it's be more complicated. It would you know, be more complicated I would but it say, is still possible. I would say it would be better um, if maybe they could do something like open all the elections Canada advance, like just the election offices that are open for the period of the election, maybe have them open 24 hours for on the advanced polling day so you can go at all hours of the night and vote. That would be even better. You know, I know a lot of people I've been talking to right now on election day, mm -hmm. they're going from school to work. Yeah, and unless you're a yeah. full-time employee, they are not obligated to yes, give you time right, off. Yes, you're right. Uh, unless you're full-time. Well, yes. I guess nope. you're right. Yeah, because yeah. they changed the polling hours. It used to be that they had to give you time off, but they changed polling hours to all hours of the day. But you're right, when you have school and a part-time job, it's a squeeze. But yeah, maybe they, that's something to look at. Um, Thank you, Daniel, Dave. There's early voting, too. That's, yeah, well, that's advanced polling. That's what we're talking about. But we're saying... Oh, I was but she's, attention, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> she's, but she's saying that uh, people don't honestly have the time even to go to advanced voting. And I'm saying, well, maybe they should just open the election offices like for advanced polling when they are doing it 24 were, hours a day. Right. I think you'd have a bigger turnout then. Yeah. What mailing? Well, the problem with mailing, yes, they do that. Like, I'm thinking they do that for soldiers um, that are stationed overseas. Yeah, I think it'd be harder to... Yeah, I I, don't, I I honestly don't know much about special ballots. Um, they might get lost in the mail. And mm -hmm. then, yeah, and that's why I think one of the things that they're worried about with special ballots. Um, but there there are provisions in the election acts for special ballots. They do exist, but they, it's vastly preferred that you go to Elections Canada section poll. Um, yeah, so I yeah I, I'd say twenty four hour polling stations for advanced voting, like because they do that what a week and a half, two weeks before the election. They advance polling. Or polling. you know what you, even need? Then you get volunteers. No, that's fine. They well, have... the Elections Canada, actually, there's a couple of people that are actually paid. So you, you pay, you know, because you're not going to have high voter turnout at, at, you know, three in the morning. You are going to have maybe some. So you have two people on staff. You know, it's not going to cost them. Or you know what? Even that day, have the buses running more often. 
could do that. Could on election day have buses running more often. I don't. I don't know if that's. I don't know if that's just a passive excuse for people that don't. I don't know who to vote for. Like no, I, honestly, I know for a fact. Yeah. I know five people in my class, just one class, mm -hmm. that could not make it on election day to vote. Yeah. And they just didn't know their schedule, and their schedule on the on the mass polling days was they were working. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's that's definitely you know an issue. I I would tend to think, um, at least. Uh, equally important of a of a reason that people aren't voting is I don't think they're well informed. No. I don't think people are are aware of you know what's the conservative have... party, what's the liberal party, who the hell's this acronym NDP? I know one person who hopefully won't hear this, but voted simply as this: the conservatives are for the rich people, the liberals are for the middle class people, <laughs> and the NDP are for the poor people. Now tell me if you knew anything about what the party's platforms were. Yeah, it's probably dick all I. Hopefully you won't hear this because he'll figure it himself out, but I know a lot of people who vote based on what religion the person is. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people who vote based on what the party uh, <coughs> person looks like. Like, come on, how are these educated people? <laughs> Photo ballots. <laughs> Ooh, that guy looks ugly. I'm not voting for him. No, that's Rod Produce. <laughs> <laughs> um, but talk about uninformed voters. Yeah. It's, it's I know, and, and that's just it. And that's where I think maybe if we were to do this fine system uh, of a $50 fine, because face it, a $50 fine is usually payable by most people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so it's not the end of the world if they can't pay it, or if they, if they can't make it and they have to pay it, but at least it forces them to make a, you know an effort to educate themselves. Um, I'd like to ask a question here. What about the homeless? They actually, the homeless are allowed to vote, and I can't remember exactly how it works. They, they, the area they're homeless in is designated their polling area. <laughs> well, you have to take a, you have to have a residence. No, you don't. They changed oh, that really? this election. This is the first year they changed that, and it's had something to do with they could go to shelters and register themselves. Um, and it was like the area they're homeless in are primarily finding themselves homeless in. They must have to have some in. sort of photo ID then, or else they can. Yeah, vote. well, and I, I would say. But then again, probably they are the a lot of homeless people yeah. won't do that. Yeah, and I was gonna say if they're if they're you know they have it. Yeah, exactly. If they're enough that they want to go and vote and exercise their democratic right, um, they're probably gonna have some form of ID. Um, you know, if they know an election's coming and they really need to get that ID, there are ways to get it. Mm -hmm. um, so you know, like it's you know even a liquor mart ID will work. Yeah, exactly. All they need is something that's got your picture, your name, and your signature. Um, but yeah, that's that's actually something that, that I think is a good advancement of our polling system is allowing the homeless to vote. I'm, I'm not so keen on the idea of prisoners voting. I think that's stupid. I agree. I thought I got that. No, it's no. still in effect. The prisoners yeah, can right. vote. Yep. Um, that and iffy. I, I know, and I really question that. And the funny thing is, is whenever you see these news stories, they go to like Stony Mountain Penitentiary and, and ask the people who they're voting for. I find it funny that they're always voting liberal. I'm like, hmm, the crooks are voting for the crooks. Um, yes. <laughs> I am biased. I admitted bias. that the very first episode. Um, but you know, does that tell you something? If the criminals are voting for a specific government, does that you maybe mean they're leaning they on crime? All... No, no. Someone could draw that conclusion. No, not necessarily. And a lot of them do vote NDP. But there was a pile that were voting liberal there when I saw that news story. I know, but what if the, the liberals wanted to cut sentences? I think it's it's it's, yeah, that's it's incredibly biased. It's, or the the legalization marijuana. Exactly, and that's and that's what I'm saying is that you know I is that a good what? thing? Prisoners are voting for me. 
thusly, you should vote for me. You know, that's not a very good... I think if they're not a member of society, they have that yeah. privilege taken away, yeah, they should exactly. not vote. Exactly, yeah. You've lost your privileges in our society. You cannot vote. You know, you get to live you humanely, are, but you cannot get you, any of the you rights. You are a human, but I don't see where your voice matters anymore. Yeah, exactly. You have lost that right. Exactly, and that's the way I feel. I feel prisoners should not vote. Um, because the whole point of prison is is that it's a suspension of your of right. your rights in society. You don't have the right to freely move in society. You know, you shouldn't have the right to vote. But the the uh, probably the funniest <coughs> thing is is prisoners of anybody are probably the well, most well educated because they have all the time in the world to educate themselves. Excuse me. As far as politics go, maybe. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Not. No. I'm not talking about education in general. I mean yeah. politics. Yeah. But I do agree with your earlier statement. Insert a fine. Get yeah. people aware that they have to do something. It is their country. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's a lot of people that fought and died for that right. And, you know, it's it's silly when people... It's I find it silly when people come up with the stupid things. Oh, I don't know who to vote for. Well, you know what? Take, you know, it doesn't take much more than an hour. You know just what? read the party's policy. If, and the information is everywhere. You yeah. just can call yeah. them up. What's your platform? What's your platform? You know, they even deliver it to your door. There was one person, I wish, I wish I could have convinced them to vote because I would have actually gone with them. And, you know, to really, if they really wanted to be educated, I would have taken, you know, four hours out of the day. I would have drove to each one of the candidates' offices and got her to talk with the candidate. Because they'll do that. They they really want to get those voters that aren't that this is their first time voting or they haven't voted for a long because time. Because they'll tell their friends yeah. too. Yeah, and not only that, they're impressionable because yeah. they're a blank slate. They're not like me that has a personal bias already. So you're really gonna have to convince me. No, this person is more or less unbiased. You know, and that's you know I I would do that. Anybody that knows me, you know, next election if they want to educate themselves, by all means come to me. I will drive you to the candidates' offices and we can talk to the candidates. He does have a bias, however. I do have a bias, but I'll drive you. I'll drive you to the liberal and the NDP one too. I may not drive you to the green one because I don't know where it is. Oh yes, we do. We stole an election sign from in front of it. <laughs> part will have to be cut. I up. didn't. <laughs> it was family. None of us did. I was not there. Unfortunately, it's all in French. He's a good guy. He won't, yeah. he won't care. He doesn't listen to this. I think he's French. He doesn't know English. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> Radio Olmfield does not condone any of these messages that we are condoning. No, wait. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, and the final item. Final item. Well, Wow, we talked for 42 minutes. Wow, I didn't think this one was going to be very long. Final item I have on uh, politics is uh, the White House warming up to Canada again. No, warming no, no, up. no, no, no. Uh, warming up, warming up. Oh, uh, I just. Re- sorry. Go ahead. Okay. I just like to provide an antidote. No, anecdote. Anecdote. <laughs> that's the one. Um, I was reading the free press this morning when I picked free press. Good newspaper. Little bias. Huge conservative bias. No, they don't. They have a yes, huge they liberal do. bias. No, 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 huge no, conservative no. bias. No, no, no. It, it was totally whatever. Like, today, the the options of the free press is the sun, and we're not going to go there. Now. <laughs> yeah. It's it's bad or nothing. But no, like, the second page was like. Harper's going to do great, so I'm like, nah, they're biased. <laughs> but anyways, I've seen another one. It's like Harper eats babies. <laughs> That's the son. Yeah, <laughs> the anyways, the title was like Arctic belongs to Canada. Prime Minister, or you know, Harper yeah. says 
or demands of U.S. or something. Yeah. But I thought it was it said Alaska is Canada. So I was thinking, because I just saw it in a quick glance, I'm like, Harper's going to invade Alaska <laughs> and take it back from America. I'm like, that was quick. That was like three days. <laughs> take it back. Yeah. That was never. He never Alaska. owned it. Well, this is it. what Dan said, but <laughs> <laughs> so now we're going on the trusted information of your brother. I'm assuming he got it from Wikipedia, but the point is that it's in our region. Well, of course, that's Russia owned it. Okay, fine, but we had the chance to buy it and we didn't. Yes, because we didn't need to buy snow and ice. Yeah, we already have enough of that. So the U.S. bought it and found oil. Yeah. Gallons and gallons of oil. <laughs> gallons? Billions of gallons. For barrels. Price, billions of gallons is still gallons. Yeah. For the price Although we have more of, the, of a hot, uh, was it, the CHL's, like one of the players in the CHL's salary for that yeah. year. Yeah, that it was something, was yeah. That was retarded. Yeah, it was something, yeah, I was going to say something was like $116,000 yeah. or something the Russian mm-hmm. wanted. Yeah. And mainly the reason the Americans got it, they didn't want this chunk of snow and ice. They just didn't want Russia on our continent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah. Who who is the government at the time? In the US yeah. or here? Here. Here that was still I when, believe we were still a that? British colony. I don't no. think we had Confederation no. had passed. When, when was that? No, eighteen fifties? No, it was, was, was like more recent that. than that. It was it was nineteen. I thought it was no, the century. Yeah, it was. Well the Russians hadn't gone communist yet. Well, Russians went communist during the First World War. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so somewhere in there. It was, it was early okay, so it would have been uh Arthur Meehan? No. No, it basically was wasn't a, an issue. It would have been Bowel. Arthur Mayne was the 20s. Yeah. But uh, what a mistake. You just made up a name there. Bowel? Bowel? No, Bowel was a famous joke. I can't remember right now. <laughs> yeah, he's like the third or fourth. I, I have no idea. Mayne's the other 20s. Because I did a uh, bio on him from the 1920s Project of History last year, but Ryan never finished at all. <laughs> didn't he? I thought he did. I mean, he finished it, but it's like three months late. Wow. So, so. I got like a 70 on that project. Anyway, not as stupid as the Indian. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, yes. Uh, where were we? Oh yeah, Arctic sovereignty. Wow, that well went way off. <laughs> no, no, it started on the White House warming up to Canada. Oh, yeah. and then I mentioned Alaska, and now he's going to invade it. And that was quick. <laughs> we retraced our steps rather quickly there. Yes. Um, anyways, anyways. White House warming up. I don't know. I think that this is Canada-U.S. relations. I think is, is a very important thing in this country because we got to have friendly neighbors. In the New York Times, <laughs> and we had this at the university, and it was plastered everywhere. And we put up this. What did they say? Canada, uh, Canada has lost their mind. This was in the New York it Times. Is. Canada has lost their mind, yeah, and they elected a conservative government. Yeah. How do you think the Americans now view us? Well, no, no. The New York Times Times is famously a pro-Democrat newspaper. Famously. And part of the thing is is that they're thinking conservative is Republican. When let's face it, our conservatives are, you know, very, very similar to their Democrats. Yes, it is true. But I'm saying that this is a a newspaper that is read throughout the United States. But there's a lot of there's a lot of other newspapers and media outlets that are that are saying that you know on the U.S. side saying their relationship with us is going to warm up. I I disagree. Well, I completely disagree. I you know I don't think I I think anything's got to be better I than think Paul Martin. They, I completely disagree with that as well. But I'm as far as Canada U.S. relations, I can see the Americans and all the little companies just rubbing their hands together and saying, 
Absolutely, because Harper wants to lift the foreign ownership ban. He wants to lift the bank mergers ban, or at least clarify it. You know, he wants to lower corporate tax rates. He wants to actually make Canada's economy but, grow. Hold on. Let's get back to one of the issues that was we were dealing with earlier. Softwood lumber. We never dealt with softwood lumber, I think we okay. The first one I was here for, we oh, actually we? mentioned it, okay. yeah. How do you think Harper's going to treat it? This is, a huge, this is a huge thing in the United States right now. They are talking about it. It's a huge thing across Canada. I know, and I, I, I don't have an answer for you. I, you know, I don't think Paul Martin's chest-thumping, I'm Canadian, I'm not going to deal with you. I don't think that was the right way. However, I don't think conceding the to the Americans is the right way either. I think what we got it, or even going to their, their level of saying, well, let's renegotiate it. No, you want to say, no, no, we won. We were right. We were right. International court said we were right. Do you think that Paul, uh, Stephen Harper is going to have the balls to say this, though? I am willing to bet. I tend to think he probably would. Um, Especially with a newly formed government? This is his first time? No, because, yeah, you know, have to. I would tend to think he would say that, yeah, because this is a new government, and think of the people that, that have to back his government up right now. The NDP and the Liberals both want to do this chest-thumping thing, which I think is useless. It's just a waste of time and embarrasses us on the international stage. But Actually, no, the international stage, everyone is with Canada. Oh, I know they are, but and I think it embarrasses us when we stand up and say, we're right, you know, screw you, USA. you got to go, wait a minute. You're, you know, yes, we are right, but you got to say, you're saying this to the United States of America. You can't do that. They're special. But this is... This is <laughs> <laughs> well, they're special, all right. <laughs> you know, you, you can't do that. You know, you, but I'm what, saying this is an international issue. Yes. This is not just look at this is the first It's actually time. a NAFTA issue is the problem. What I'm saying is all the all the first world countries in the world have never been fucked over this publicly. Yes. As Canada has been fucked over by America. And it's interesting why the US never used to do this to us. It's only probably nope. been about the last fifteen years to yep. happen. And it's because the Americans now are in a trade deficit, not a surplus. More mm -hmm. stuff is leaving their country or sorry. They're needing more stuff to come into their country than they're pushing out of their country, meaning that they have China. negative G or they have their GDPs decreasing, which means that you know now they're very protective of the resources because everybody else is buying their items and devaluing their currency. You know we're seeing that right now. The Canadian dollar is, is shooting up to something like twenty-five year highs. Yep. And it's not necessarily because the Canadian dollar is getting stronger. It is, but the American, American dollar is, is losing a lot of ground. Ground. Round. Yes, ground. Ground. I went Texan there. <laughs> um, How much money did we lose on the softwood debacle? Well, there's, there's not. I don't think you can pin a figure to that. No, they were, they were pinning fingers. I can't oh, remember what okay. it is. But Wasn't it like three billion? No, it was more uh, than that. It was more than that. Because it, I mean, the way you have to calculate it is, yeah, how much lumber we put into the U.S. and how much tariff they placed on that lumber. Mm -hmm. Um. I don't know exactly. The I can't remember it offhand. But it was in the billions. Yes, you're right. right. And you know what? I want it back. What? Yes, that would be in the ideal world. You'd want those tariffs back. But or can you do it? Mm, probably we not. Have to we have to tear up their stuff to equal that. I'm sorry. Oh. I don't want to play the no. backhand. Well, no, and the thing is, that's that's that not level. the spirit of NAFTA. The problem is the Americans started this. You know, that's not the spirit of NAFTA to start well, counter-tariffing. Well, unless you give us some money, we're not going to sell you power. I, you know, I think water. Canada. I think Canada should no. honestly settle. Maybe we don't want to show that we would, but I think we should honestly settle with an apology and the lifting of the tariffs. You know, I think that would be and a little bit of money back. Uh, in an ideal world, yes, I don't think we're ever going to see that money back. Or a deal. 
Devil's Lake Diversion, Big yeah. Pixar. Yeah. Well, that's a Manitoba issue. That's the problem, though. That's it's not a really. Canadian issue, though. It's a Canadian issue, but it's not a very big Canadian issue. No, but. Does screw us over. Show of good faith. Yeah, it would be a show of good faith. The, I'm and, real, I'm, I'm you know honestly, the, you know I'm the, surprised. Part of the problem with Devil's Lake is too is it's not very popular in the states either. It's not no. very popular with South Dakota or Minnesota. It's yeah. just a North Dakota thing, and North Dakota's a little, uh, little wacky there. Um, a little red behind the ears. Very red. They're a very red state. Um, I don't believe there's a single Democrat elected. To oh no, no, state. I'm I'm referring to the banjo playing issues. Oh okay. Of it. Um, uh, yes, banjo playing. Yeah, like everybody from Saskatchewan, except not in favor of Medicare. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Wow, that was just thrifty. Yeah. Um, that's all I got for politics. That's our election special. Anybody else have anything to add? I think people should come back. Yes, I think people should Sometime come back. later. Yeah, maybe we'll, we'll do some more politics. Maybe we'll argue about the NDP <coughs> being a moot party, because I'm sure he'll have something to say about that. Why did you put down mute? Because I can't spell. Moot. <laughs> Found it out. What? What do you mean, moot? Moot. A moot point. A moot point, yeah. It's a moot. It means moot. It's, it's without consequence. Yeah. They're making a it doesn't matter. For sure, because mute makes sense. I know mute makes sense, but I know that Mike was going yeah, for Yeah, going for moot. moot. That's what I said. I said <laughs> moot. Um, but yeah, I'm sure I'm sure we'll have Ryan back, because I'm sure Ryan wants to be back. It's just I believe he's at his girlfriend's right now. And I'm sure that just... No, I'm sure they're just like playing Nintendo. Um... Because I don't think Ryan has even gotten onto the baseball diamond. Um, <laughs> we all know that's important. Um, God, I hope, I, God I hope Ryan doesn't hear this, because I bet you he won't come back if he hears this. The point, when you cut it out, he'll never hear it. <laughs> now we'll leave it in. We'll see if he actually listens to this. No one listens to these podcasts except like Justin. Justin Trahan. does. <laughs> hey, our, so Justin and hello to our special okay. friend out there, Thanks. Justin Trahan, <laughs> our one and only fan. Hi, Justin. For what? I want to do a shout out. Let's do a shout out to Brent, who promised me that he'd listen to this. And Chris, you crazy, crazy Texan. I can be on the radio too. We're not technically on the radio. Well, I can be on the air. He's, yes. uh... We're not really in the... He's a dispatcher well, I guess we're wireless, we're in the air. No, he's a dispatcher for <coughs> Texas people. Police. Dispatcher for Texas people? <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to buy some Texas people? No, 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 the police. The police and the big one. Oh. I can't remember what it's called. What's the big state? Or the big city? Dallas? Houston? I think so. Houston? Shout out to Chris. Okay. I'd like a Texas dispatcher. It's like, we need some rednecks in Oklahoma over. Don't say Oklahoma. <laughs> You're doing fine, Oklahoma. Yeah, it's like, go see Glenlon's musical of Oklahoma. It's uh, ass It's still not for a couple months. Oh, it's a... March 17th. Okay. Well, I'm sure we'll have a few more podcasts before then. It's free. Oh, very free. It's Isn't it? free. No. <laughs> I'm insane. <laughs> it's like eight bucks. What a ripoff. <laughs> Never mind. The band concerts are free. <laughs> but you can come to those and I'll be playing the euphonium. <laughs> no, you won't. Rape will be and you'll be fingering it. <laughs> yeah, I can't play. Okay, I'm going to shut this off. Anyway, yeah, okay. That's another Omaphil episode in the can.